Hey there, I'm Nanzea, and this is Market Scale Grow, a podcast created for ambitious teacherpreneurs looking to have a bigger impact on the world, achieve freedom, flexibility, and ultimately make more money. With weekly strategy sessions and inspiring stories from fellow teachers just like you, my goal here is to help you create a customized marketing strategy so you can grow your teacher business beyond your wildest dreams. Okay, so before we jump into the episode, I am super excited to share a brand new freebie with you. It's my targeting ideas for Facebook ads. If you've dabbled in Facebook ads or you've done them and you've tried them and you're just looking for some fresh inspiration for your audiences, this freebie is for you. I share my top Facebook ad targeting groups for you so that you can have inspiration and find those people that are perfect for what you have to offer. From warm audiences to cool lookalike audiences to cold interest-based audiences, I cover all three in this freebie. Head to marketscalegrow.com forward slash audiences to grab your copy today. Hey, hey, hello. Welcome back to Market Scale Grow. I am so excited that you are here joining me again. And this week I have a very exciting interview. Amy was introduced to me through a friend and I had such a great chat with her. As you will learn, she is the knower of all things out school, which I had only like a little bit heard of before. So I was so happy to have an expert come and tell me all about her journey and experience on this new, I think it's kind of new, this new platform, at least new to me. So Amy is a visual arts teacher with more than 20 years of experience teaching classes, workshops, camps, and private lessons to all ages. She is currently teaching primarily throughout school and her local museum's residency program as a teaching artist, which is another thing that was super cool that we talked about. And I am going to be looking for one of these teaching artists to come into my classroom when I go back to school in September after my mat leaves. So I was really excited to learn about that as well. Anyway, Amy believes art and creativity can be taught. You don't have to start out with innate talent, but you have to have a desire to create and practice. There's no age limit to when you can get started. Her goal is to help others realize that they don't have to put a ton of pressure on themselves to be good at art. You just need to show up and enjoy the process. I loved every minute of this chat and I cannot wait. I hope that it inspires you and that you enjoy it as much as I did. So let's dive in. Hi, Amy. Welcome to Market Scale Grow. How are you today? I'm great. Thanks for having me. I am so excited to have this conversation. Why don't you start by telling the listeners where you're from and whether or not you're teaching now? I am from southwestern Pennsylvania, about an hour outside of Pittsburgh, which really means the middle of nowhere. We live in the country and um, I love it there, though, because it's just a lot of inspiration. It's pretty. I'm not a city person. So um, that's where I'm from. And I had taught in a public school, in a private school in 
after school programs and summer camps. And I actually left my tenure teaching job so that I could be a teaching artist for our local museum. So what that means is I still went into schools, but I had hosted teaching artists before and it was so much fun team teaching with them. And there was a lot less administrative work that goes along with it. So I decided it was time to just shift and do something like that. And that didn't last very long because the pandemic shut down schools a month and a half into that job. So (laughs) things have changed a lot since then because I thought I was going to be doing that. And then whenever schools were not open for artists to be able to visit anymore, I had to change my job. So I applied to teach on OutSchool and I now teach out of my studio garage as an out-school virtual teacher. And the residencies are starting to pick back up. We did some virtually. And in May, I get to go back to the one that I left last March to finish it off. So I'm excited because I love that teacher and being able to work with her. So I still teach just in a lot of different ways. Awesome. That's unfortunate about how the pandemic kind of cut you off right as you were getting started. <laughs> Yeah, but I knew that we would be able to try to kind of change things or do something different. And the um, person in charge of that at the museum was really great about trying to figure out ways to still keep us working. We made videos, we made, um, we turned a virtual art camp into a thing once a month on Saturdays that the kids are loving. So, you know, we were still able to be teaching artists just it took a little bit of adjustment and figuring out how to do it in this way. Can you talk a little bit more about OutSchool and exactly what that is? I've heard a little bit about it, but I'm still unsure. Yeah, OutSchool was something I had come across the summer of 2019, and it looked really interesting to me. It's a place where anybody can teach. You don't have to be a certified teacher. A lot of people are. Um, but anybody that has a special interest or can teach a subject that they love. So for instance, my son took a class from a pilot and loved it. Um, My daughter took a baking class. So I teach art classes and I teach from three to like 15 or so, 15 years old live. And I do some flex classes where you do recordings and you interact just in the classroom you know, with messages and videos, but you don't actually see those students live. So I do those up to 18 years old, but um, it is just a really great way to make your own schedule. I schedule classes when I want to teach them. They have a lot of different types of classes. So a one-time class meets one time. You see those kids once and hope they re-enroll with some other class that you offer. They have multi-day classes where you can set it up as a camp where like over the summer, I'll be offering classes that are like one to five days or Monday through Friday, you know, one to five days long. Um, The other multi-day classes are like they meet once a week for four weeks or six weeks or however long you want to do it. So those are nice because you see the students regularly and get to know them. And then my favorite is ongoing classes, which is like a subscription type of thing where they enroll, they can show up as many times as they want. They can drop out whenever it's convenient for them. If they are going on a vacation, they drop out and then come back, you know? So there's a lot of different options on that platform. That's really cool. I'm as a mom, I'm really interested now. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I didn't even consider my kid, my oldest is two. So I didn't even consider like he might be in the age range of things that could be offered. So 
Yeah. Interesting. Three year, three year olds. Everybody's so used to the screen now, like, and I usually don't teach below six years old, but those kids know how to mute and unmute and interact and just function everything. So a lot of the younger kids, the parents will sit with them. Out school's policy is that only the child is on camera. So the parent will sit off to the side. And I know that there's parents that sit and they'll draw along with their children with me too. Um, But it's a great way for them to like spend some quality time together too, but they're learning something and it's been a really fun experience. Awesome. I'm definitely going to check it out. What is the like price range for these classes ballpark? The teachers set their own prices, but OutSchool gives you like a recommended range. So it's really like 10 to $15 per hour, generally, that teachers are charging. So if you sign up for a multi-day class, you would pay for the entire thing at once. If it's six weeks times $10 for an hour-long class, you're paying $60. But if you want to just try that teacher out, that's why the one-time class or the ongoing is great because you only charged that one class per week. That's super reasonable too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially with all of the really cool subjects that students can try out, you know, like there's a lot of digital things, there's escape rooms, there's, you know, a lot of academic, there's music teachers. I mean, there's just everything and they can do private lessons as well. I don't do private lessons, but the private tutoring I'd say averages more like a dollar a minute, but um, you know, it's competitive to what, a private lesson in person would be, and then you're, you're getting one-on-one instruction. So cool. I'm so excited to go look at this now. Yeah. What are some of the like major milestones that if you look back, you're like, that was a big turning point in your journey? Oh man, I've taught in so many different ways that one of the things that I loved is being able to teach students of all ages and, you know, Whenever I, I've taught preschoolers in person, I taught private lessons to an 80-year-old. You know, there was all this experience in between. And one of the things that I realized is that no matter what the age, people are craving that creativity. And so there's ways to offer it. And there's just so many different things that you can do to cater to different people's wants and needs and just their outlet of being creative. So um you know, being in a school, I loved my students. And I love that the art teacher kind of got to really dictate what we wanted to do. You know, we follow standards, we still have a curriculum, but I was writing my curriculum from scratch. I didn't have a textbook I had to follow. But there were just a lot of restrictions with things. So being able to teach out on my own now, like I'm teaching exactly what I want. I teach to the age groups that I enjoy teaching to the most. Um, You know, so I think just really figuring out what it was I wanted to do and be able to teach and what I thought offered the most versatility to everybody based on what I had seen people wanting and being creative in their life. So cool. When you go back to, you said it was like a residency program, right? Mm -hmm. When you go back to that, are you going to continue doing the out school as well? Yes. I actually have already started like making my summer and fall schedule and I have scheduled out school in as like Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays are my out school days. And then leaving Monday and Wednesday or Monday and Friday, excuse me, open for the residencies, which is what I'm also doing in May. Like I'll be attending 
school, I do get to go in person. The um, principal was gracious enough to allow me to do that. And everybody's masked up and I'm fully vaccinated now. So we're all good. But um, I will be going to her school and actually seeing people in person for the first time in a very long time to be able to finish that residency. So what's nice about that is I'm team teaching with her. And even though she has students in person, she still has virtual students. So, you know, I'll be interacting with the students in her classroom, but we still have to be accessible to a screen and teaching to the students through the screen, which I now have a lot of experience with. So um, I think that'll make it a lot easier for me to transition into that type of residency. But there's two of us. So it's nice to have another adult to bounce ideas back and forth. And, you know, we, we both have our own style of drawing and painting and teaching, and we can kind of collaborate together and make the most of that. Nice. Oh, that sounds like so much fun. I would love to have someone like that come into my classroom <laughs> to help me and with my art. Is, you know what? Um, everybody thinks it's just like the art teachers that can do this, but I have done residencies with other teachers. So um, last January, I was in an independent school that is close to my house that I taught with the science teacher and the first grade ELA teacher. So we, you know, focused on a certain author and we created this collaborative painting with the first graders that all focused on the way um, that author and illustrator, you know, created their books. And that was really cool because those first, first graders had such an imagination and they dictated what the painting was going to look like. And then we worked in small groups on it. It was really neat. And the science teacher, we were able to go outside and find natural materials and then come back and create art with it that all had to do with the curriculum that she was focused on at that time of year. Um, we worked with different age groups. It was just really cool to see that art could tie into those subjects and really enhance what they were learning already in those rooms. I've heard a lot of like theory about how using art with the other subjects can enhance and to make it more real experience. And it's just really, really cool to hear you talking about how you've actually done it and the ways that you could do it. And my brain does not function. I'm a math person like through and through. So my brain does not function in that creative pull it in and use art to facilitate other subjects. So I'm loving this. And my mind is like exploding right now. It's so awesome. Every evaluation that I had with my principal, even though I taught K through 12 in the district I was in, because it was a very small district, my main supervisor was the middle school principal. And so whenever he'd evaluate me, he was coming into usually a sixth grade classroom and one of the things we always talked about was um, cross-curricular content and how was, you know, how was I able to incorporate that math or language arts and different things into my classroom as well. And one of the teaching artists that came to our school, she didn't just come into my room. She worked with the sixth grade teacher across the hall that taught ELA and she was able to come for two of the three classes. Like the time frame didn't work for her to be working with one of the classes. And that teacher was able to see the progress of the two classes that were with Miss Rita compared to the other one. And they were high above the other one from, you know, even though it may seem to some teachers that that 
that visiting teacher that's coming in is kind of like taking up their time. And, you know, they weren't able to do as much of the desk work. They definitely gained a ton of just experience and, you know, their, their scores were higher then. So that proved to me that it's a valuable experience. That's so impactful too, to like actually see that in real time, the differences. Mm-hmm. So going back to just a little bit, I thought of something. How do you make your lessons accessible to everybody when you're teaching on out school or when you're in that in-person and hybrid model? Not so much the people you're in person with, because you can provide materials for them. But what about the people that are at home and you have no idea what they have access to and how you can make those lessons work? Um, Well, I remember clear back whenever I was still in college teaching at an after school program that was at a local art store. And we learned very quickly that flexibility is key with, you know, any art project, like there's something that could go wrong or, you know, it just every kid is at a different level, even if they're the same age. Um, So I have found that I keep my supplies to my classes very minimal. I, you list everything that they need, but, you know, I list alternatives to, if you don't have a canvas, you can paint on this and everything to the back of like the inside of a cereal box, <laughs> like make it work because you can be creative with recyclables. You don't have to have like all the expensive supplies. Um, my drawing classes, you can have just a piece of paper and a pencil. You know, you don't need anything else. If you're adding color, I can teach you how to shade and do things with colored pencils as well as crayons, you know, just a little tiny box of crayons. So I try to be very flexible with that. And over the screen, you you learn how to read their facial expressions pretty well to see like what's happening. If they're frustrated, you can sort of tell if something's going wrong for the most part. But the hardest part is the fact that they have the screen usually against their face and not their artwork. So you can't see what's happening where in person you can see if they're struggling at all just by walking around the room. And so they have to be confident enough to either hold it up and show you or at least like reach out and tell you that they need help with something. So that's been the hardest part about it. Oh, interesting. And never would have even thought about the position of the camera. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And sometimes their cameras aren't very clear. So it's hard to see if they're drawing lightly. I learned like I use a document camera. So I have two views, you know, me speaking, but then I, I spotlight my hands And I can't just sketch lightly. I have to draw much darker than I normally would so that they can actually see the pencil lines. So, you know, there was a learning curve for sure. But once you just figured out those nuances, it it goes pretty smoothly. Interesting. Thanks. (laughs) Um, So with your teacherpreneur journey, what would you say is the biggest challenge you faced? biggest challenge was the tech at first. And that was the scariest part. You know, just, I, I have a master's in instructional technology. It's not like I'm not familiar with technology and haven't had to dive into like learning new things, but it was just a completely different way of doing things. And because I'm such a hands-on type of teacher, I'm not doing a whole lot on the computer in class. You know, they might do a little research or look at a reference picture, but whenever I was in person with students, technology was kind of on the back burner. You know, I used the projector a lot, but I had to learn how to make videos and kind of 
just review all of this stuff that I hadn't used for so long and how to edit and post everything and just what's the newest and latest stuff. And then Zoom, like that was not something that I, I mean, I had been on it. It's not like I'd never used it, but it wasn't something that I was that familiar with. And so my biggest reservation was what if something goes wrong while I'm teaching? And the fact that I do live in the middle of nowhere. So we are in kind of a valley and I have no cell service. It's not like I can use a hotspot if my Wi-Fi goes down. And I remember thinking like, if my power goes out, I have no idea what to do. I won't even be able to like get into the classroom to send them a message saying, I'm so sorry, we can reschedule or I'll refund or whatever. And believe it or not, the very first class I taught on OutSchool, the power went out. And it was like one of the windiest days ever. It was kind of stormy the night before or something. It wasn't that cold though, but it was at the beginning of April. And I was just like, oh my goodness, what am I going to do? I'm walking around my yard with my phone, trying to gain a signal to be able to message them. Cause I had 10 kids, the very first class, like I was really lucky and I got a full class and I was so excited about teaching this. And my husband works from home anyway, you know, even before the pandemic. So he was there and he's seeing me and I'm panicking and he suggests, he's like, go up to my dad's, go sit on his porch. He will probably have internet because we're on a different line and they're about a mile and a half away from us. I couldn't have dumped all of my supplies into a bin faster, grabbed my computer, went up, logged in. So I was out of class for about 15 minutes out of like an hour long class. I went back up there or, you know, I went up to his house, sat on the picnic table and logged in and all of the kids were there waiting for me. I could not believe it. And we finished class and they were all okay about just staying a little longer to finish it up. And that was my very first experience. And I was scared to death of that happening. And then it did. So now I have a backup plan and I know exactly what to do if the power would go out. It's just like, okay, dump everything, get in the car and go to a different location. Wow. Of course, of course that would happen the very first time, you know, like not, not once you're like comfortable and you kind of know all of the, everything else when you're still trying to figure everything out that very first time, the worst possible situation has to happen every time. Yeah. And the power didn't come back on for my second class, which was scheduled for later in the afternoon. So I went up early. I just set everything up and I just had class on the porch, you know, and just, assumed that my power wasn't going to be ready. I didn't want to wait till the last minute. I have not had to do that again, but it has flickered. Like I've disappeared for a few minutes where it flickered and the Wi-Fi had to kick back up and stuff. But overall, like they were so understanding. I think that that's a huge lesson that a lot of us have learned through the pandemic is other people are so much more understanding in just in general. Like I've had meetings with my daughter on my lap. And people are like, love it. And I was the first time I had to do it. I was like apologizing, but people are just so understanding and so awesome. So I think too, that they, it helps make you feel like you're a real person. You know, the, the other thing that we see are animals all the time. You know, animals are always walking in the background. Cats are crawling up on top of the screen. And because every time that happens, the kids get so excited. I get so excited. You know, it's just nice to see them that I actually created a class that is pet show and tell and draw. You know, so we draw a different pet every week and the kids are welcome to bring their pets to the classroom. 
and whether that's the pet we're drawing or not, it doesn't matter. Just because we're not drawing a dog that day doesn't mean the dog can't visit. We love them. But we've seen everything from a tortoise to a couple geckos. I had two boys that are brothers bring little tiny baby chicks and turkeys into the house to show us. Yeah, we've seen what everything. What a great idea. I love it. It's fun. I mean, the adults that I've had Zooms with get just as excited about seeing animals. So why not? And the kids, I can just imagine how, like having had a student bring like their rabbit in for show and tell and knowing the reaction of kids there, I can only imagine how excited they would be to go to pet show and tell drawing class each week and just see all the animals. And they're, even if they don't have a pet, they'll bring a stuffed animal or, you know, like they're just excited to share something about their life too. Yeah. Especially a lot of them are probably at home not seeing their friends as much and just having that interaction and other kids who are just as excited about animals as they are. Mm -hmm. And some of them attend class where they know someone else in the class, but they're at a distance or there's actually three students that are all friends and live close by, but because they hadn't been seeing each other that like at the end of that class, it's hard to get them off, you know, because they, they're just so excited, but they don't really say much. So it's become a ritual where they wave with both hands forever until I finally count down and say three, two, one, goodbye, and then like click end the meeting. But, you know, it's just that one extra little thing that they get to do and still have contact with their friends. And, you know, it's fun. Oh, that's amazing. So um, next question, how do you market for out school? Well, luckily, OutSchool does a lot of the marketing for me because that's my weak point. And that's how I got connected to you because I joined the Teacher Hustle University because marketing is where I knew I was lacking and I just had no idea where to begin. So OutSchool does take 30% of that $10, like whatever whatever you're charging per student, you make 70% of it. To me, that's well worth it because I wouldn't have reached students from all over the world. You know, I'm in a rural part of Pennsylvania, so (laughs) I'm not going to see that many people and I don't know that many people. But I have learned to figure out how to funnel the classes so that you start off with a one-time class and you build into those multi-day or ongoing classes and like just learn how to create something that people want from the beginning to then become loyal customers to you which I think is important in the marketing stages. So, you know, I'm getting there, but I'm still in the beginning stages of truly marketing my business, like for myself, because like, I want to be able to help out school teachers now as well, because I had started off not knowing anybody and just watching videos, all the YouTube videos and like going on all the Facebook groups and forums and trying to figure out how to navigate everything. And so that's where I'm, in my business. Like I want to branch out and also help teachers. So I'm just kind of starting out on and figuring out that. And Facebook is a big platform for out school teachers, Instagram as well. But I feel like we get more information out of Facebook as far as helping each other. And I know that's, that's your jam. So that's why I'm here. (laughs) Yeah. Facebook groups are amazing for that kind of thing. I feel like everything I need to know for all parts of my business, there's a different group that I can go to. And I have that community of other people who use this platform or that platform or whatever it is. And I can 
like pick their brain and get what I need. So it's definitely such a great, a great tool for that. Absolutely. Yeah. I think like, I like Instagram in a way, you know, for more of the visual aspect of things. And it's not like I haven't met and connected with out school teachers there, but for Facebook, it's more like the information and just the help that you might need to get. You know, if you have a question about this happened with my technology or, you know, what do you do about a refund for in this situation or whatever, you can post it. And there's tons of teachers that are willing to help answer those questions immediately. So the closest thing that I have kind of to compare out school to is teachers pay teachers. And the, what I'm thinking is the same would be like a freebie on TPT. Is that almost like your one-time class that you try to entice people to check you out? And then it, like you said, funnels into a bigger, like on TPT, it would be a bundle or a product line that you'd be wanting people to get into. And so those one-time classes are almost the same thing of trying to get people into your bigger multi-classes or the subscription model. Definitely. Yeah. Like I, I offered a ton of one-time classes whenever I first started and that was a really good way. Number one, to find out what I actually love to teach. You know, I don't teach every single class that I started out with and I figured out kind of what my pacing would be and just how to be a good teacher using those one-time classes. And you start seeing kids sign up and you're going to see new kids constantly in the one-time class. Occasionally, you'll have someone that takes the same one-time class a couple times. Like I had a parent message me saying, you know, my, my daughter just only wants to draw horses. So she's back, you know, and that's great. And she improved and, you know, you see that improvement. But the one-time class is basically the way that they can test you out as a teacher and see if they like your teaching style because everybody, there's a ton of art teachers that people can pick from, you know, so their kids need to click with you. My personality is not that, like, I'm not always on, you know, like I'm not the big, huge personality where I'm like over the top. I'm, I've definitely in my reviews been told I'm, I run a calm, like patient class and that's, that's what I'm Therefore, like that's my personality and I want them to experience this really just calm activity that they are going to enjoy, like kind of taking time for themselves. And I'm not saying that we never have fun, you know, like we definitely have fun together, but there's definitely different personalities that you'll find. And I'm not offended if someone puts in the review or like if they unsubscribe to an ongoing class, they can give you a reason why. And it's just not for their kid, you know, like we're not going to click with everybody, but my goal is to make it the most enjoyable t- time frame, you know, and experience that they can have. And so I hope that they take a one-time class first to kind of gauge that. That's huge in marketing though, is attracting the right people, but also repelling the ones that aren't the right people so that those people don't get confused and like, oh, maybe. And they sit in that like middle ground of like, no, this isn't for me and I can move on. Also, I think you just described the two art teacher personalities, like the calm presence view and then the over the top, oh my goodness, gigantic personality. And I could be wrong. Actually, I'm probably wrong. But in my experience, there's very few art teachers in that middle kind of ground. I feel like there's a lot of calm presence kind of ones and then a lot of like big personalities. And I've taken art classes with both kind of people and I've enjoyed both. but 
I, I can totally picture those two art teachers in my mind. Yeah, I agree. I'm sure there's there's teachers in the middle, you know, but uh, and I've enjoyed classes from people that are a different personality than me. It doesn't mean that I don't like their teaching style. I'm just saying that's not my teaching style, you know, so everybody teaches in their own way, has their, and the other thing is like, I also try to stress that the way I'm teaching, someone else might tell you to do it a little bit differently than me. We all learned in different ways ourselves. We all teach in different ways. There's techniques that one way is going to work really great. And then there's other things you could do that you can do it in so many different ways and show your own style. And that's important to me too, that I teach and because I draw in a certain style or the way I paint looks a certain way, I don't expect my students to have a direct copy of what I'm doing. I want them to feel comfortable enough to show their own style as well. So, you know, our outgoing or more introverted personalities are one thing, but then the way we create is a whole different thing too. So um, the kids really run with it. You know, they use their imaginations. And by the end, even if I'm teaching, this is how to draw a rabbit or whatever, you know, you mentioned about a rabbit coming into your class. Ours always look different at the end, you know, color choices and just the way we draw is going to look different. That's so like interesting that you are pointing that out and just the the power that that can give students to know that they have their, their own creative abilities that they can put into their artwork. That's so important. Right. And they don't necessarily come to class with the same level of ability. And that's okay, too. And I always want them to know, like, you're going to grow, you're going to get better. The more you do it, the more you practice, if you practice in between class, or maybe you don't have time, and that's okay. And this is your creative time. That's why you're there for me to teach you how to do these things so that you gain that confidence. And, you know, don't compare yourselves to each other. And there's the occasional student that won't lift up their drawing or, you know, they don't want to share for whatever reason, not always every week, but just sometimes, you know, one week here and there. And that's okay. But being able to see what they're doing and being able to tell them different techniques or give them suggestions is really helpful. And so most of them are pretty open to sharing within the class because the kids are very encouraging to one another too. So that's really nice whenever you start seeing them give that encouragement and like pumping them up. That is really inspiring for sure. You mentioned something about wanting to help other teachers on out school. It sounds like it's just kind of like a little seed of an idea at this point, but what are you potentially imagining that becoming? I actually met with one of our other Teacher Hustle crew members on like a coaching call and she just had questions. She's already part of OutSchool. So the thing is you can have a mentor, which I didn't know. And so I signed up blindly and didn't do that where if you have a mentor, you use their referral link and then they get a little extra for like helping you through the application process. But there's a lot of teachers that are new that either did that and maybe their mentors were like, they still have questions or the mentors are really busy and they want just more help themselves or they didn't know about it like me. And then I felt like I flubbed through the first bit of time on out school and just hoped I was doing everything right. So now that I, I mean, this is pretty much my main part of my job. I do you know, the residencies and just other things on the side, as far as teaching, I teach pottery classes too in the town near us. But um, 
I made this a mostly full-time job with part-time hours and I love it. And so the people that are kind of starting and struggling now, I feel like I can help them answer all those questions that I flubbed through, you know, and it's something that just comes second nature to me now, but I remember just spending hours and hours searching for answers. So I, I would like to make it a more streamlined effort for them, you know, so that they don't feel like they're just wasting time and spinning their wheels. You know, they want to be good teachers. That's what they want to do. I wanted to teach, you know, and I didn't necessarily want to do all this back-end stuff that seemed like it was taking up more time than teaching. So if I could help them do that, that would be great. Well, awesome. Well, I hope that that becomes what you're imagining because that would be really helpful for teachers because I'm just thinking about all the pieces you would need to put in place to start teaching on out school. And it's overwhelming me. Like I know it won't be something that I go do because I just, it's so many different moving pieces. So, but having a resource like someone like you that would help to take some of those pieces away would make it definitely much less intimidating. So. Yeah, that's the thing, the intimidation factor. I think the more answers you have up front, the more comfortable you're going to feel. And once you're in it and things start to happen and you realize, oh, I really like teaching this class, but this type of class, but how does that work? Or, you know, what do I even do to go about, you know, using the two cameras? Because right now I'm only using one camera, but I would like to start demonstrating something on the table and answering those kind of questions. It it isn't as hard as it seems, but whenever you don't know, everything seems hard. You know, it's scary. Yeah. And what you don't know is like that, that terrifying piece that stops you and paralyzes you, right? That's the word I was thinking when you were saying that sentence. I was like, it, it will paralyze you. So as far as helping the teachers, I've had this idea for months And I was just kind of like paralyzed as far as I have all the ideas. I already developed different workbooks and things. It's like, okay, just putting it out there. And because I need the help with the marketing aspect of things, that's where I was just sort of paralyzed, you know, and it's, it's finally starting to come into reality and I'm ready to like do a mini course to go over, like, this is what the platform looks like. This is where I can answer some questions for you just to alleviate that anxiety of the beginning stages. But I have lists and lists of things and categories of this is how I could help you do this. This is how I could help you with technology, just setting up your classroom, you know, just things that happen now for me all the time because I'm used to it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. A mini course would be such a good jumping off point to get you into helping people with this. I love it. I can't wait. I can't wait for it. Yay. Okay. So rapid fire questions for you. What is your favorite social media platform? Facebook for information, Instagram for the visuals. Um, And then favorite tool or software or app that you use in your business. I would say Canva is now, but I didn't see the hype for the longest time because I was a Google user and I thought, well, I can just do that in Google slides. But I absolutely, I absolutely love using all the features in Canva now that I'm used to it. It, it took me a bit of a jumping or not jumping, but like a adjustment period as well. So I feel mm-hmm. that. that was one of those things that I was paralyzed by at first because I just thought, well, that's one more thing to learn. But once I started to, I realized how much time it's saving me. 
Yeah, definitely. And with all the stock images that are there, it's yeah, so, so much easier than what I was doing before. Yes. And then last rapid fire question, what advice would you give for somebody who is just starting out on their teacherpreneur journey? You just have to do it. Like I said, I was scared to death of the technology and my worst fear came true the very first class I taught. And I thought, okay, well, if that's as bad as it can get, because that's what I was fearing the most and I made it through, it'll be okay. So really just doing it. And that's where I am with this mini course. You know, I want to be able to do this and I kept just waiting and waiting and waiting. And so it's time to just do it. Yes. Yes. Dive in. Awesome. So if anyone wants to find you, where is the best place that they can go? I have a website that is amyrodman.com and my Instagram and Facebook is at amy.rodman.art. Perfect. And I'll make sure those are linked in the show notes. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you. It was great. This was a really nice experience. Thank you for listening to this week's inspiring story. If you'd like to share your story with us, then head to marketscalegrow.com forward slash journey and complete the quick application form. Then head to our community at marketscalegrow.com forward slash community so you can join our group of inspiring entrepreneurs who are working on growing and scaling their businesses too. See you soon.